This is the Average Guy Network, and you have found Home Gadget Geek Show number 384, recorded on December 27th, 2018. Here at Home Gadget Geeks, we cover all the favorite tech gadgets that find their way into your home. News, reviews, product updates, and conversation all through the Average Tech Guy. I'm your host, Jim Collison, broadcasting live from the AverageGuy.tv studios here in what will be the last podcast, Mike, of 2018. Where the heck is the year gone? I have no idea. It flew by, and uh, this year especially in my life, I don't know what it was. It was the just all the things that happened for me flew by. It was the fastest year for me by far. Really good year of podcasts, by the way. Uh, we won't spend a lot of time. We don't really celebrate those milestones. You know, we'll hit 400 coming up here, and we won't spend much time celebrating. Not spending too much time doing year-end review stuff either. Uh, we just don't, you know, things kind of just roll and they keep going. But it is good to sit back and kind of go, I think the best year of Home Gadget Geeks was 2018. Um, uh, it, it's one of those things I think we found a groove a little bit. We settled into some things. We had some guests. We had some shows with just us. Um, I just, I mean, I just look at last week's show with Addie and Addie, thank you for coming on here last week. Really appreciated that. She just brought it like she brought it. I was not ready for, I, you know, I was just thinking, okay, we'll get together. Addie's really nice. We'll have a great show. That girl just brought it. She totally did. Yeah. That's been the fun part about it. We've been going, we've had like, you know, the shows between you and I, the shows with guests and the guests this year, I think, especially they always have, but this year they've just really, uh, brought something new to the show, stuff we didn't think we were going to talk about. The conversation has been fantastic. I've really enjoyed, personally, as a co-host, Jim, I've enjoyed the conversation. So I hope the listeners have as well. But I would agree with you. 2018 was a great year for the podcast. Because I think this is my going on probably third year, maybe so. two, and a, two and a half years, three so. years, right around there. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I would agree this year has been the best. 2018 uh, has been good. I mean, we've had some good years. Don't get me wrong. But I've had, I think I've had the most fun that I've had this year. And uh, audience has been great. Your emails have been great. The conversation has been great. Feedback on Twitter and Facebook. Facebook group really grew this year. We got a really good chance. I think part of that is we began to bring some of that conversation in. And tonight we will do that. We have some conversation for you. So we're going to go through some Christmas updates. Just so you know, we're going to go through some Christmas updates, some stuff Mike and I done, a few little announcements. We're going to go through some Facebook uh, Facebook stuff that we have, stuff we've we've taken right from the Facebook group. Mike's got some updates uh, on some things he's been working on with Untangled, which is interesting. So if we, if you're in that, Mike, it's really weird. We've come full circle to we're back to PF Sense and Untangle. We talked about that a ton like five or six years ago, and it's all back. It's one of those things I feel like I could do a whole podcast on routers and just generally home networking. I think there's so much new stuff right now. We're kind of in that sweet spot. I think home networks are kind of like the new... Uh, mobile phone era, right? Where things are just advancing so fast for the consumer. So it's kind of one of those fun things. But like you said, we'll talk about that uh, towards the end, give a little update on where I'm at. Yeah. And then I have some non-crypto stuff for the crypto update. I'm just saying like if this Whoa. was, if this, yeah, yeah, this it's going to be good this week. All right. It, it's kind of crypto related, but it's, it's, it's stuff you don't have to be into crypto to, to learn from. So I'm trying to entice you. Like if this is the, if you're listening to this and you've never listened to our crypto post show and you always think I'm not into crypto, you don't have to be into crypto tonight. I'm going to bring some things in that aren't necessarily crypto related. They're related to the, how I mine, but it's kind of regular equipment. So 
might want to stay around from that. We'll post that to Patreon, the average guy.tv slash Patreon. Don't and forget then, real, oh, real quick. Go one thing I got to mention, Jim is uh, I think to your right, it's my right at least. Is this new that you have the humidor showing? Nope. Sorry. Oh, your yes. Left. Yes. Jim, you're making me, it's like making my mouth water over here. Cause I saw that and instantly I was like, Oh, I wonder if Jim's going to come over anytime soon and bring that. Cause I re- recognize the box. You put it on display. I like it. I did. I didn't intend. I didn't think that was going to show up in the, uh, in the camera, just to be honest with you. I was moving some things around down here, cleaning some stuff up. I just threw it over there, but there it is. Yeah, that's it. Mike, we have five cigars left in there. I'm going to have to. Oh. Well, it was a good unintended consequence because it makes me yeah. happy. I see it and I get excited. And uh, it's yeah, the box it's, of it's, happiness. It yeah. is. It's the it's box the... of happiness. It probably provided a lot of happiness over your holidays. I know we talked was, a little bit in the pre-show about good. that. But... I did not enjoy as much as I normally did. The kids really took advantage of it. And uh, I think I had probably 15 or 20 in there when we started before Christmas. And uh, there's not many left uh, at this point. So they really enjoyed it. I was, you know, I enjoyed Christmas a lot. Christmas Eve was a, just a big blast and we had a good, uh, we had a good time. And, uh, I just didn't, the rest of the week, I couldn't do much more. So it's just, I've, I've been trying to kind of pull out and recover. I'm just, I'm getting old, man. This, I'm getting old. So you are not be, old. Uh, sure. I sure. Feel young, old, young so. spirit. Christmas right? was, Christmas was great. What also is great is the show notes. So don't forget, you can head over to the average guy TV. Look under HGG384 if you want to see all the show notes for the show. They're available this way. You know, if you're just listening for the first time and you're wondering like, holy crap, these guys are 10 minutes into this and they haven't talked about anything that the show is supposed to be. Um, yeah, that's what we do. Like we're a live show. We're live on Thursday nights, 8 p.m. Central, 9 Eastern. The best part about being live is the is the guys like other Jim and John and Brian and Ken and Joe and Kevin who come out and listen live. And this is just community stuff. So you're looking for a seven minute video on how to do this. There's plenty of other videos like that. We're the guys, we're going to be around for an hour and 20 minutes. And if you want to kind of put us in on in the background and just kind of do that, Mike, I'm, this is another thing I'm going to do in 2019. I'm going to not apologize for going 90 to 120 minutes. Like it's what we do. It's what we it do. is. Yeah. yeah. Cause we do it every week and then we apologize for it. like, maybe this is the new norm. Yeah. Well, and sometimes people, oh, you're never going to draw anybody with a long show. No, actually we do. We actually get a lot of people who listen to, I was just looking at our video RSS downloads, by the way, if you're an IT guy and you want to get the video and you don't want to use YouTube to do it, you want to download it. 500 of you download our video RSS every single week, Mike. It's wow. the weirdest. Yeah. Wow is right. I, I'm still amazed by those numbers. I keep thinking, oh, they'll drop. And that's off. just the video, right? Like you would. Well, yeah. Well, and John Briggs puts it in a good way. He says, "Hanging with friends," mm. and yeah, and I totally agree, Jim. The podcasts I listen to, they could do a five-hour show weekly, and I would listen to it because it literally is. It's it's my crew. It's who I'm listening to. We're hanging out with. They could be talking about. Uh, it's a technology Apple podcast, but it, it could be about sports. They could get it on into any tangent they want, and it's just it's those people you listen to every week that you like so so hopefully uh i think our listeners agree it, it's hanging with our friends right we're hanging yes. with you guys that's what we like about it this is what i love about it so other jim on twitter just posts it's his christmas ale from north carolina or from north coast brewing it. company that he just tweeted to us great lakes brewing his christmas ale and like that's the stuff i love right that's the community i love in 2019 we're gonna do more of that and, uh, and I'm looking forward to it. We're not going to apologize for long shows because you guys listen to them. I'm not going to apologize for doing this on video and having talking heads because you guys download them. 
Like it's amazing to me. If you haven't figured that out, go out to the averageguy.tv slash subscribe. And there's a whole page of ways to subscribe. Ignore. I need to take down all the home tech tips stuff. You can take that down, but home gadget geek cyber frontier is still alive and in action. In fact, Christian and I are going to try and do one early next week to get another cyber frontiers in, but uh, thanks for listening to us year i get i get an email a week from someone who says jim i've been a long time listener listen to you back on home server show it's been a long time since we've done a home server show and um and so i appreciate the fact that you guys came over here and to listen to us so let's just say a little thanks to the listener mike for for being we got we have a great audience i think it's the perfect size audience i think it's the perfect group of people both men and women who just enjoy technology and love the gadgets and love to share with each other. So let me just say thank you to the audience. Uh, you are listening in the car or earbuds as you're walking your dog or while you're doing your chores or whatever you're doing. Thanks for, for listening, Mike. So I appreciate that. Mike, yeah. thanks to you too, as well for just like, you've been a great co-host over the last couple of years and it's been really easy. You just come on. We never have to work hard at this thing. It's super great. So thanks for all. No place I'd rather be on a Thursday evening. I look forward to it. So yeah, cheers to a to another year. If I don't yeah. see you before New Year's, we'll do a New Year's cheers now. Clink yeah. it right there yeah. via camera. Virtual clink. And, uh, Even though yeah. we live yeah. just across town. Right. Exactly. We could do that in real life. But uh, and I just retweeted Jim's tweet and I put a comment on there. Hopefully, I was tweeting it out while we were doing this show. So I'm sure it's riddled with typos. But yeah. uh, put that out there. No, yeah, very it. fun. I enjoy it. Great, great stuff. We'll remind you if you want to download or if you want to stream, not download, if you want to do the anti-download, if you want to stream, you can do that through through the app, homegadgetgeeks.com, both uh, Android and iPhone available out there. Download that, have it ready for you. Great way to listen on the road. We are now using the new Spreaker desktop app, and I'm hoping that'll be a little bit better. The, uh, the Spreaker web part, whatever we were using before, uses Flash, and of course, Flash is being deprecated everywhere. So I just need to stop using it and use the desktop app. So I think we're back up and running. It should sound a little bit better. And I appreciate you downloading that. Thanks to the Patreon subscribers, theaverageguy.tv slash Patreon. If you want to join us in 2019, I'd be looking for, oh, I don't know, a couple hundred of you want to jump in for a buck. You could do that. That always helps support the things that we do. You'll find out here in a second why that Patreon is important uh, as we go forward. But uh, of course, we appreciate our Patreon or patrons who've done that as well. I mentioned it before, but big thanks to Addie. She did a great job last week. Addie, thanks for coming on. We will have her back again. And then don't forget, stay around for the post show. Mike, we already spent a bunch of time talking about Christmas, but let's get to some of the gadgets. I know you kind of had a gadget-filled Christmas. Why don't we start with you? What did Santa bring in your gadget bag? Yeah, so we had a few here. Um, the first one I'll just mention because it's been mentioned on the show before, and uh, Aaron Lawrence brought this on. And she talked about it. And I actually honestly forgot about it between the time she was on the show until I unwrapped it. Uh, one of my aunts got it for me. It's the meter, M-E-A-T-E-R plus. It is the thermometer that connects to your phone via Bluetooth. And uh, well, actually, it connects back to its base and then to your device via Bluetooth. This device, Jim, let me tell you, we covered it back then. I think they've done some updates to it because this device is one of the coolest thermometers and the most feature-rich thermometers I have ever seen for a barbecue. So what's cool about this, I'll just go briefly. We talked about it in the past, but just to give you guys an update. So this is a tiny little, think of a, a half the size of a, a pen that you would write with, pen or pencil. You stick it in your meat. It's got two thermometers on it. The meter plus has two. So it's got on the tip, it's going to read the, the temperature from your meat. 
And on the other end, it's going to read your ambient temperature. So your temperature actually in your grill or oven, which is pretty cool. Uh, so that the one that Jim's showing right now is the meter and the meter plus is, I believe the difference between the two is one does the ambient temperature and one does not. Um, so I don't know. Yeah. Jim, I, I had trouble finding it too. So that's there's, the meter plus two unit bundle. So there's yep. two of the meter pluses. And how much is that going for right now? That yep. is uh, almost 200, 190. Okay. So yeah, these are about a hundred dollars each. If, if you look at them. So uh, they connect via Bluetooth back to their box, actually. To, so to that storage box, that when you're, when you're looking at this thing, it's stored in this little container, which is actually the one little feature that has magnets on the back. So you can actually put it on your fridge, which is perfect for me. So I stick the box to my fridge. I pull the meter out whenever I need to. It Bluetooths to the box, which acts as a Bluetooth repeater. So what this means is that, you know, if your grill is outside, it's going to connect back to the box and then the box acts as a repeater out to your device. So it gives you a little bit extra range via Bluetooth. Jim, but what I found out is there's actually some cool new features that they've added. Um, and I can't remember if we talked about this, but I think they've added these. Essentially, if you have a device in your home that is going to stay in your home, so think about an iPad that you keep in your house or any other iOS device you can essentially make that your hub and then it connects to the internet and you can you then connect via your phone from anywhere in the world. So uh, I have my iPad that I always keep at the house. It controls all of our lights on and off all the time. So I have that acting as the kind of the base station, if you think of it as. So it connects Bluetooth to that iPad. That iPad then sends that out to the web so I can be on my phone and check the temperatures from anywhere. The other cool part about this is it kind of guides you through the cooking process. So if you're doing a steak, for example, it'll say, hey, okay, let's sear this for the first little bit. Okay, now the temperature's rising up. Take it off the sear, put it on the grill. Okay, now take it off the heat and let it settle. It walks you through the entire cooking process for all these different meats, or you can do your own custom cook. You know, so if you're, if you've gotten to the point like me with my pork butts, I kind of know my pork butts. I know how my grill cooks them. I can just set, Hey, when it gets to this temperature, just send me an alert. So it sends you a little alert on your iOS device. Um, so nothing, you know, when we think of revolutionary in terms of, you know, a Bluetooth thermometer, Okay, that's been around for a little bit, but all the features that they've added in with the cloud connectivity, the extender with the box being the extender, so you get a lot of range out of a Bluetooth thermometer. It's not just from the thermometer to the device. It's now connected to a box and then distributing out that signal. It's just really cool. And then all of the in-app features, and you can actually pair up a bunch of these into one app. The iPad actually puts up a grid. So if you had two, three, four of these and you were cooking Thanksgiving meals and you had four different things cooking, you can actually have four different monitors going at the same time from these if you wanted to get that advanced. So that was one of my... I do, uh, I do uh, like, before you move on, I yeah. do like the fact that... So I have the iGrill uh, Weber unit um, that was owned by iDevices and they sold that division to Weber and they're making their own thing. The Weber app is great, by the way. But it, it's dependent on the base station. So, you know, you have your thermometer comes out, a wire comes out, and then goes to a base station. That base station's outside. It's all weather. It's great, right? But it has, if I come in the basement, I lose connectivity to it. And yeah. I shouldn't, but I do. And so I would love to have this. This will probably be the next, something like this, the next one that I buy, where it has a base station you keep close by. And then that base station goes Wi-Fi to everything else, right? And, and so that's, they also sell the meter block. So this version that I have, 
the box itself that it stores in is a, re- a Bluetooth repeater. The box itself does not connect to Wi-Fi. That's the big distinguishing factor here. Um, so you still have to have another iPad in the home or so- if you want to be monitoring your temps outside the home. So what I like to do is I like to put my stuff on in the morning, go to work. And while I'm at work, I want to be able to check my temps. So with the version I have, you have that iPad device in the middle. They sell a meter block, which is essentially the same thing. It's a repeater, but it also has Wi-Fi. So it's storage unit, and it, they call it a block because it actually holds four of those devices, four of those thermometers. Um, that block itself connects to Wi-Fi. It eliminates kind of that device in the middle, if you will. But if you have a device, most of us have a device or an extra iOS device, an iPad, something that's laying around that's going to stay at home or could stay at home for the day if you're going to do a cook. And and it works really well. And the connectivity is fast. It's seamless. I have switched between my phone and my iPad because it's paired with both. It just It's almost like the AirPods. If you have experienced the AirPods on your phone, how it just seamlessly switches between device to device, that's what this is like. And I, um, I just can't... I'm so excited to do my for, first long cook with it. I did some fake cooks. I, uh, I just set it out in my grill and I did some connectivity tests to see like, yeah. okay, how far away can I get? Bluetooth covers my entire house. I don't need to worry about it. I can be in my front lawn and the Bluetooth repeater is good enough to get all the way from the back to the house, to the front lawn. that work for me. Yeah. That and so it works out great. Yeah. Just get it in the house and then shoot it down. And so I could be here at the desk. Exactly. And if that wasn't enough, uh, your home device, again, uh, it uses home Wi-Fi if it can. So if you had your phone, it would connect up to another device that was upstairs or whatever device you used as a hub. If, yeah. if, that, if, if your home was big enough for Bluetooth, even with the repeater, wasn't enough. Super cool. What else did you get? So the Simply Safe doorbell was actually another one of my favorites that I received. This isn't anything new. Ring doorbell has been doing this for a very long time. Excuse me. But Simply Safe actually just came out with their doorbell. So Simply Safe is my security system that I use. In my opinion, I have installed several different DIY home security systems. Um, while Ring and some of those other have features that may be a little bit better as far as like their customer service may be a little bit more advanced, Simply Safe. What I call it is it's it's the smallest company with the best hardware. Uh, support wise for Simply Safe, it's been great, but it's they, especially for this doorbell, it's almost like the customer service hasn't been trained yet on their new products. They're so small that sometimes they're not well trained, but they have the best hardware. When you look at a Simply Safe security system, if you put it side by side, it makes the Ring security system looks like a cheap piece of junk, to be honest. And me and my buddy actually we are comparing these because he has the Ring system. I have Simply Safe, and he's like, you know, feature for feature, they're the exact same. But if you just look at them, and if you're talking about like aesthetics and quality of the build of the products, Simply Safe blows everyone else out of the water. So I had been waiting. Uh, Simply Safe has been very late to the game with their doorbell, and they finally just released it in October. Um, so I actually received one of these fantastic device. It's only been up in my house for three days now, but I absolutely love it. The connectivity is great, 1080p. The quality, actually, the thing I was most surprised about was the audio quality. So I went out, rang the doorbell, Hannah answered it on her phone, and she was talking to me, you know, like anyone would from a doorbell that's audio supported. Sounded like we were doing like a FaceTime audio call, just super clear, uh, very high def audio between the two. Really enjoyed it. The only thing I think Simply Safe needs to do, and I don't know if Ring has done this as well, is they... When you install this system, they give you a wedge, an optional wedge is what they call it. And that tilts the 
the doorbell up or down. So when you install the faceplate, it says, hey, like, and I need to actually install the wedge. I didn't at first. I wanted to test it. Um, mine looks too low. When you install the wedge, it aims it up a little bit because it's, you can actually see the people's face. The one request that the entire community has requested that hopefully Simply Safe uh, actually does something with, you need left to right angles as well. So the way my door is set up, it's kind of a little alleyway and my doorbell is on the side. So half of my camera is actually my front door. The other half is looking out because I don't look directly out away from my house. I look almost at another wall, if you can think of it that way. So uh, hopefully they release a little update, a little wedge that you could use to install it. It was the easiest install I've ever done. Uh, it took me about five minutes. Once I found the right breaker to turn off in the basement, I found out that my transformer for my uh, doorbell is actually linked to my home, my home uh, master bedroom breaker. I was like, it's got to be basement, attic, garage. No, I tried every single breaker before I finally tried the master bedroom. And apparently that's where uh, that's where that doorbell is linked to. How far is the master bedroom from the door? Complete opposite side of the house. That's oh, why wow. I, it was the last one I guessed. I knew it wasn't like obviously like the stove, the range, anything like that. But I was like, okay, it's got to be either the living room, the garage, the uh, attic, anything like that. No, it was the uh, it was the master bedroom. So I don't know what how that works. But cool. it was the easiest install I've ever done. I have a little bit of buzzing, which is a common problem you have with these from the actual ringer unit. I don't know what you call it, the chime unit. So in everyone's home, you have where the actual bell is in your home. Ours is right outside our bedroom. I think I didn't get one of the wires fully connected because you can kind of hear a slight hum coming from that bell unit. And uh, apparently that's a lot of times caused by a wire that's just not quite tight all the way down. And, and sometimes it can be the unit, but uh, usually it's a wireless, not quite all the way tight. So that was, uh, that was another one of mine. And then uh -huh. just the final two were, first of all, if you're an Xbox or PS4 console player, I don't know if it's out for PC. I should do more research on it. Red Dead Redemption 2 is one of the best games I have ever played. Uh, it's a combination of kind of a first-person shooter with an open-world do-what-you-want kind of mentality. Uh, it's set back in the, you know, you're a cowboy, right? In the early stages of America, you're roaming the Wild West. You can do what you want. You can be a good guy. You can be a bad guy. You can kill people. You can help people, whatever you want to do. Uh, just one of the best games. I'll, you guys know me from my history on the show is that I'm not a huge gamer. If I do play games, a lot of times I do enjoy Call of Duty from time to time, but most of the time I like playing sports games. I like playing Dynasty mode on NFL or FIFA, things like that. This game has totally, I mean, I, I'm almost addicted. It's to a point where I get so excited to play uh, hundreds and hundreds of hours you can put into this game. It's one of those games that never really ends. You can just keep going and going and going in this game. Open world, they have the new online feature where you can jump in and now you're the same open world but online uh fantastic game highly highly recommended so i got that for christmas and i've already put way more hours than i'd like to admit and onto it stayed up way too late got very you little do that sleep. On uh i should i could yes yeah, well, I many could. hours man i know Every that many hours i should i might as well just get on and and yep. stream it uh i really should but it's one of those games it's kind of i just like to immerse myself in it it's one of those there's a lot of it's a one-player game it's, there is multiplayer mode, but I haven't gotten into that yet. So it's really, I kind of just want to enjoy it and not have to worry about talking to a community while I play it because it's a, it's a beautiful game while you play it. So it's kind of one of those you really want to get in and just experience it. It's not a game where you're going to invite a bunch of friends and shoot them up, kind of like Call of Duty. It's a totally different experience. And that's kind of why I like it. You can sit at this game. Um, 
I sat down and three hours felt like 10 minutes. You've just, you get, because it's a story mode, right? So the story, you take it through, you do missions for people. It takes you through the story. It's a real, um, one thing leads to the next type of thing. And it's almost like you're watching a movie. There's actually called cinematic mode where you press a button and instead of riding your horse from town to town, your horse still rides, but you're watching it from like a cinematic point of view. So it's a very immersive style game. Very cool. And, uh, and yeah, and then just a, like a lot of just kind of random grill tech, got some new, uh, grill utensils and, and all sorts of stuff, but it, it was a really good Christmas tech wise. Well, while you're talking, you? well, while you're talking about grills, like I got, I asked for the new for, you know, the grilling mats. Yeah. Uh, the one I'd had that I bought uh, two years ago or I'd gotten for Christmas two years ago, completely at worn out. Like, you know, it's great. It's great that you have to replace something that you wore out. So I actually got a three pack this time. So I've got three mats. They're a little bit smaller um, so that they'll fit on my grill. Uh, nicely. I also got a stainless steel grilling pan. So like for veggies and stuff, we do a lot of veggies. I was putting them on the mat, but they'll actually cook a little bit better in a, you know, it's kind of like, think of like a pyramid shape without the tip. Right. And then it sits on the grill right. and, and grills that up. That's the one thing I was going to mention to you. Actually, the one thing I didn't put in here that I totally forgot. And what you just said made me think of it. I got a cast iron Dutch oven. Oh, nice. And now I'm wondering, I've never oh, cooked with one. Oh, yeah, dude. Yes, so chili. This is, this is an entirely new thing for me that I'm going to have to season it. And I this is the first piece of cast iron Hannah or I have ever owned. And it's the nice big pot, right? The one you can take camping and everything. So I know you've mentioned in the past that you love cast iron. So we'll have yeah. to get some advice from you on. Well, look, at, look up how to do that online and look up how to do it on your grill. Because you have to get the temperature like a 400. So you coat it with oil, basically, and then you crank the heat to like 400. Okay. And, uh, and you just let it cook for, I think, 25 or 30 minutes or something like that. Look it up online. There's a lot of folks that, that are. And then season it by using it. And, you know, in the future. And, uh, man, there's a lot of things you can do with that. So that's, that's super cool. Um, so I got those grilling mats. Um, I asked for skewers, you know, kebab skewers. And I asked for the stainless steel, uh, flat ones. So you could slide those through and it won't, it won't spin on you. Sometimes when we're doing kebabs, especially the vegetables or sometimes the fruits spin on you, I hate yep. that. Want them to stay so I can flip and flip and call it good. So that's pretty cool. Um, so those were that was my grilling. That was most of my grilling. By the way, that grilling basket came with a glove too. You can put that glove on to handle the handle the outsides of it because it gets pretty hot on the grill. Do not grab those kinds of things. Um, the uh, I should say, you know, many of you have been asking me about the status of the robot lawnmower too, and um, you know, we've been talking about that. I actually started working on that, and then my wife said, "Hey, I think we're going to move this summer." And I'm like, well, okay, then I don't think I'm going to work on a robot lawnmower. Well, that's quicker that, than you thought, wasn't it? I have a lot of honeydew projects I got to get done. So replace some yeah. doors and a whole bunch of other things that we've got to do. So uh, just for those listening on the robot lawnmower, a uh, little, I uh, put the status on hold. I actually got to the part, Mike, where I was thinking about propulsion and identified I wanted to use the same propulsion mechanism they use in a, in a wheelchair, in a, an electric assist wheelchair. Man, that baby got expensive fast. <laughs> I was like, yikes. Okay, let's back this bad boy down a little bit. And uh, and, and that combined with moving this summer um, uh, changed things. Not moving far. Still going to do the podcast. We're just moving across town. Bigger house. Some other things. So just for those of you who asked, that's the status. of the. Grill. I think one of my houses right next door to me, Jim, is up for sale. You could, oh. you could come out here. It's a little far out west for me. Oh, and, come on. 
we, we, we're trying to get farther west in Sarpy County. So our church okay. is down here. Our kids are down here. Somewhere between here and Cabela's, I think, is where we uh, Interesting. is where we'll land. Okay. Um, I got a really sweet uh, Kansas City Chiefs um, uh, military-style hoodie, you know, during the during November. They always do a salute. Oh, to the yeah. Sports. You got one of those? Fun bought me one of those. Not a gadget. Not geeky. Super cool. Has become my favorite hoodie, like, of all time at this point. Those things are sweet. They're super expensive, but they are super nice. Those look so amazing. That, is it kind that, of that brown and green? It's just green. It's that military green. OD green. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That name it says Kansas City. See what does it say? Kansas City Chiefs on the on the name tags. You know that are that's really cool. It's got yeah. And that was the era. Like they're not doing that much anymore in military uniforms. But when I was in the military back in the eighties, late eighties and nineties, that's the style that we wore. We wore camouflage, but that wouldn't look good in this this kind of setting. Uh, maybe it would. I don't know. But uh, anyways, no, super cool. I was just that is. I'll wear that. Maybe I'll wear that next week to the show. Yeah, definitely that's super cool. But the. The best part is, Mike, Apple Watch Series 4 on order. Like, it'll be here in a week. So it's coming in. Did it through Sprint. Got 100 bucks off the deal, which is super cool. Um, it, will G- it will be GPS and cellular, and I'm going to pay 10 bucks a month to it. But Sprint threw in some nice discounts to do that. Oh, 24 payments. It's mine when I'm done. It raises my bill by 30 bucks. So I'm not all that like, okay. Um, yeah, that sounds good. So but the, the drawback to that is I had to order it online to get that. And then, of course, it was Christmas and, and things are slow. So I'm hoping to have it maybe this weekend, maybe, or early next week. But then early next week is New Year's. So I don't know. We'll see. You went Series 4? Series 4. Oh, black. I'm so jealous. Yeah. Series Very 4 nice. black. The so larger or the smaller version? Big one. 44. Big one. You'll yeah. love that. 44. I'm so excited. You, Jim sent me a message. And he told me the two things he bought uh, recently, and I was, I was like, you, "Dude, you are gonna love these devices." The the watch, uh, I think you'll, I think you'll really enjoy it. And then, yeah, I know I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. And then uh, the Xbox is on order. I've been talking about that for a long time. The right deals came along, one ninety nine for uh, uh, Forza. Uh, the, oh, and that game is fantastic. I thought it'd be a good one to start with and I can pick out the other ones as we go along, but um, I need, I'm going to need to get into back into a controller. Yep. And I figured that'd be a good one to kind of start practicing controller moves on. And then we'll talk later. Actually, one of the things I was going to mention in the news section, uh, you may not need to get used to the controller, Jim. We'll we'll tease that. Yeah. Tease that out. So that is on its way. I think that one will be here um, for this. That's the two terabyte. No. That's the one terabyte S. Is that the cheap one? Or is yeah. X is the cheap one? Right. No, the S is S. the cheap one. Yeah. So yep. I got the. Uh, but I, still, you've got a one terabyte for 199. That's fantastic. Mine's only a 500 gig for that same amount. Yeah. Yeah. No, I thought it was a good deal. I got it from the Microsoft Store Direct. I'll get some points for it. That'll actually pay for my Xbox Gold subscription. So that's all paid for at this point. And I probably will go on Game Pass at some point as well, just to take advantage of all the things that are available on Game Pass. Yep. So the guys, you, between you and the guys at the DMZ over there, Josh and Richard, um, I mean, they've, they, everybody's like, come on, dude, you got to do this. So, oh yeah, Rich is on Xbox a lot. Him and I are friends is. on Xbox and we see each other on there. Yeah. Although, so I mentioned this to Sarah and she's like, sweet, I got a Blu-ray player for the living room. <laughs> and I wasn't, I was going <laughs> to, you're going to put it down here. 
it where our mind's at so we can play when you get done. Yeah. It was yeah. going to go right here. Yep. <laughs> Not so much anymore. So uh, I'll have to, um, which is great that she'll, that, you know, so, but Mike already, she started thinking, okay, so when we get this, can we get rid of the computer? And I was like, well, yes, but we're after, you're going to have to transition to Plex because that's what I have set up right now you yeah. know, to do that. And so she's like, well, I don't know. I'll need to think about that. She really does love Media Center. And I don't really want to take it away from her, you know? So I'm going to send you a link, Jim, to a remote that you need to get for the Xbox. It's only like $15. Just order it now. Have it come. It has, it's the only, it, well, the Xbox Mini Remote is okay, but this is like an off-brand, not actual Xbox one. It's got everything you need. Actually, you might be okay with the uh, with the Xbox Mini Remote, but get the remote. Okay. Even if you just go to Target and get the Xbox Mini Remote, it's got the volume up and down, so you can connect that Xbox and have it blast out the IR to your TV. That is what sells. The one remote to do everything was what sold Hannah. It's the weirdest thing that sold her, but that, that was it. One remote. Oh wait, this does that. I don't need to use a weird. I don't need to use anything different. Just one does all that. Yeah. Okay. That sounds good. Nice. Yes. Yeah. 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 Well. Okay. Send it over to me. We'll we'll get that picked up. It's um. It, I and I'm I'm thinking now. Like when she's watching TV, I'm usually either podcasting or I'm working. So my game time. She goes to bed early. She goes. You know, she goes to bed at nine. Just about like clockwork. Pop That's out there. You know. Oh do, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you, I'll use the Bose for headphones for that thing and yeah, lock it in. So it is on its way. Um, I got everything. I'm glad I waited. I got it at the price that I wanted. I got the 199 deal. I got the one terabyte. I've got, it's okay. Sarah's good with it. So we're, we're pretty, uh, we're, we're, we're pretty set. Did Your you Bose get- still have the head, the cord, right? Perfect. Yeah. Plug it right yeah. in the bottom of that controller yeah, and right on. everything. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, basically, my productivity is gone now. Basically. <laughs> so there it goes. <laughs> Yikes! So, not what I got, but uh, it was it was good uh, thinking through all those and excited to get those uh, kind of things in. Speaking of deals, Kevin Schoonover, of course, has been very very faithful posting his deals. If you haven't joined us in our Facebook group, do that. Facebook.com slash groups slash the average guy will get you in there. But Kevin asked us a question this week. He said, my daughter has been asking for VR systems. Her friend has VR with the job simulator and vacation simulator games. I've looked at Oculus and HTC. Anyone have a VR setup? What do you have? What do you like and don't like? What gets used? Any input is appreciated. Mike, any thoughts? You, maybe you can answer this VR question better than me because I, I have not messed around with it very much. No, I know Oculus is making a big push. You know, they've they've released some new hardware. Obviously, you guys have seen the commercials uh, with, you know, a guy sitting in bed. I can't remember if it's called the Oculus Go. Um, It's kind of a portable version. One set of goggles. uh, The commercials, you know, are you and a buddy, Jim, like you and I are watching a movie together. And I can turn to the right and and they kind of look at you, quote unquote, and you can look at me. We can kind of chat and you and I are talking like we're right next to each other watching this movie in a movie theater. I think Oculus is is one of the leaders, at least in terms of consumer-grade stuff. Uh, but as far as actual experience with VR, uh, n- nothing from me. Um, okay. I, as, despite going to Best Buy and playing with the with the Oculus, which I really enjoyed, uh, I don't own any of these devices. Well, there's two recommendations in the Facebook group. Joe, to Joe Ski out here in, our, in chat tonight. He says he has the Vive and loves it. 
there's some pros and cons. I won't read them all to you, but they're in our Facebook group if you want to go through that. Kevin's out there, so I don't have I don't have to do that. But I want you to know some of the value information, valuable information that comes in through the Facebook group. Uh, Joe puts out six reasons, uh, some pros and cons. So some great stuff there. And then our other Joe, Joe Wallace, uh, says he has the Rift and loves it. Um, so the, I, Kevin, I think there's a few options for you. Probably, Mike, it's kind of one of those things. See if you can find a local place where you can demo them and, uh, yeah. and get them on your head. Totally. You yeah, I agree. Um, and then Kirshner says uh, he forgot to post a reply, but he has the Vive and he should post his thoughts. So so we got some differing people out there with the Vive, the Oculus, um, different systems out there. Yeah. No, and I think at Best Buy, it depends on your Best Buy. But I think, or even fries, they'll probably have them out. And you might be able to demo them in, in the spot. Or I, I'm see, I think I'm seeing more of that. But uh, certainly, you know, VR made a big splash, and it seemed like it was going to be everywhere. And then it gets kind of quietly found a, uh, its place of just like nobody's talking about it at this point. Very few. It's getting used, I think. That's but, why uh, I was surprised to see the Oculus Rift in their new commercials and advertising uh, with you know they really focused on the social aspect of it. This guy sitting in his bed, he's got his goggles on his buddy sitting in a tub, his bathtub. He's got his goggles on. They're watching a movie together, right? Like it gets you thinking that was the first commercial where I saw, I'm like, Oh, interesting. Like this could replace because my buddies and I, when we get on gaming, we're not gamers. We're getting on game to have a, a reason to talk to each other. We're all on chat. Hey, man, I was like, we all live in different cities now after we left college. We're all just wanting to talk uh, and want something to do. Guys are notorious for this. We need just something to do to talk. You, we can't just call each other on the phone and be like, hey, what's up, man? Let's just talk for an hour or two. But if we have a game in front of us, that's something we could do. So that was, I'm like, oh, hey, this maybe could be the new version of us playing Call of Duty and having the headset on. I don't know. It just got me thinking. It was it was intriguing to me with their new advertisements that they've been putting out. Yeah, it seems like price can be the, a big factor. Yeah. Uh, Ryan says, yeah, price can definitely be a deciding factor, especially when you factor in the PC. So some some things to think about. If you want to go back two episodes ago, not two in a row, but two with Dwayne. Dwayne Robinson was on two ago. And talked about some options for VR in the in the, in that day, it was a year or so ago. You can do that as well. Kevin in the chat room says we're going to Best Buy and the Microsoft store to try them. Good. Yeah. In in Kevin Joe's post on Facebook is really, really good. He uh Tijowski. He really uh he really does a nice job of <laughs> laying that out. And I didn't see this. I just clicked on it. Andrew Ball put up the the old viewfinder. You know, with the dials that you drop the cards on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty funny. So I my, my son still has one of those. Does he? Yeah. Yeah, not helpful, but funny. Kevin also had uh, dropped from, from time to time over at, at sellout.woot.com. They are pushing QNAPs out of there. And actually, as of this recording, still available. And uh, so the QNAP TS328 three-bay diskless personal cloud storage NAS, that's a lot of words, 170 bucks. Um, that allows you a three-bay drive, a USB 3 in the front. And you can um, you, you could get all that in your hands for 170 bucks. It's, it's available right now. You head out to the Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash the average guy. 
And, and speaking uh, of deals too, if yeah. the one thing I forget about every year, and there's a good podcast podcast I listen to that reminds me, so I'm going to remind you guys: if you are a Plex Pass subscriber, so if you have the essentially the premium version of Plex, uh, you get 20% off at the Western Digital website. Uh, it's one time, so make sure you use it once. But if you're planning on ordering some new devices for your NAS or anything like that, and you're a Plex Pass subscriber, go to I think it's uh, just search Plex Pass Perks, and uh, you'll be able to generate your own code. Twenty percent off. Uh, WD already has free shipping on other devices to the U.S. I did notice though, uh, Amazon already beats their price by about ten dollars from Western Digital, which is weird. If I go to WD website, I'm paying one hundred twenty nine for a four terabyte red. If I go to Amazon, I'm paying one nineteen. Uh, but the code is only good on the WD website, which still gets you below the Amazon price. So just remember you have those perks out there. There's also perks for NordVPN and some other services. So just remember where all your perks lie. Yeah, I sent one out in the Facebook group today. Speaking of perks, Fry's is giving away just about every antivirus known to man. It's either free or 30 bucks, somewhere in that price range. And, you know, we can argue all day about what's good. The, the worst ones, nobody likes McAfee and Norton. Those are the cheapest ones. But AVG and Bitdefender, they're all out there. They're all on sale right now. Probably not a bad idea this time of year, if you're not. Backups, antivirus. It's just a good thing. Go through all your computers. Make sure it's updated. It's doing what it's supposed to be doing. Backups are supposed to be working. Those kinds of things. In fact, we had a kind of a call out from, from, uh, from Kyle into the Facebook group as well. He had a situation where his his you know three two one backup failed him. Um, I won't read the whole post, um, but he did run into this. Uh, well, he's uh, let me read it. So he was t- he was paying ten bucks a month for both Google Drive and OneDrive. Wanted to consolidate onto OneDrive. Copied the files from Google Drive onto OneDrive onto my Windows computer. Uh, I waited for the files to upload to OneDrive. I waited. Uh, I waited for the files to upload to Backblaze. I backed up the files to another local drive in the house. Three backups, right? Then I deleted the files from the Google Drive. Where did I go wrong? Well, Google Docs slash Slides slash Sheets aren't actually files that you can back up. Um, all all I was backing up was a link to the non-existent Google Drive file. Well, once they were deleted, yes, they were gone. Fortunately, most of the files were the podcast audio files, and those transferred fine. Most of the Google files weren't critical, and I could probably extract them from a Google takeout archive if I really needed to. Um, yeah, and you might be able to restore those. Sometimes if you've deleted them, you can go back and restore them. And he did. He posted an update, I think, this week that he got in contact with Google, and they are going to restore his his files for yeah. him. Yeah, you should probably, you know, if you're making files natively on a Google Drive or in Google, those aren't typically... Like those are files that are they're Google files, right? They're meant to be read uh, when you're on when you're accessing a Google Drive. They're not necessarily files you're going to pull off and use somewhere else. Um, you know, and Google Drive and OneDrive are just that. They're just replicas. They're in sync. They're not backups, right? They don't. Now, this isn't. This is getting better. OneDrive has some version, some versioning in it where you could. You know, you could go back and get it. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, there is a service I'm using that will actually uh, help protect me in that way in case I get a ransomware attack. There's file versions that they can go back to and get to me. So the point of the matter is not that we explain to you how to do 3-2-1 backup. I think most people listening to this know how to do this. 
what always bites me, Mike, and, and I just lost, I thought I just lost some files when the Drobo went down. I think I mentioned last time the Drobo went down. Fortunately, they were, I had moved those files onto the, onto the uh, Moro data box. Um, so I, I have smarted myself. But what we often don't do is double check before we delete. Like, so move, double check, make sure you get, you know, make sure those, uh, McCabe talked about this on a reset episode where he moved some pictures and a whole chunk didn't move. And they went to go find him and he was like, where are these pictures? And they didn't verify that it had gone from one place to the other. Well, and that's the funny part about his story though, is he even did verify before he deleted not, but then that's when he learned that, Hey, once I actually delete that, he wasn't going to find out until he deleted them from Google, that those were just links. Cause he was clicking on the link in the new ver in one drive and says, Oh yeah, that's fine. That worked. That link's good. Once he deleted them from Google drive, that's when that lost the actual original file. Those links then no longer worked. So it's almost like we need to add an extra step now in, especially if you use something like Google drive, I think Google drive might be one of the only services like that where you create a file it's not a file that can be moved and used somewhere else without the original being stored on the server if you think of onedrive those are word powerpoint excels that you can move off store locally uh they're not uh the original isn't stored in the cloud mm -hmm. yeah and if you're storing your photos from your phone and you're you're sending up the the lossless version you're going to pay for it that's not free if you use their compressed version which looks just as good by the way it looks great it, yeah but that's their version of it. you got me hooked on this jim you mentioned that you were doing that so i did the same thing i think i did actually during the show and it started to upload uh but since then i got an alert from google the other morning and it said man they grow up so fast i was like what so i clicked on it it was a video. Now, mind you, I have two boys that are 14 months apart and they look, when they were babies, looked identical. What this video did was it took Emmett, my oldest son, and it made a video of all the clips of video that I had since he was born. Didn't mix it up with Harrison. It pulled just clips of Emmett. And I, like it made this video that Hannah and I were like almost crying over. Like it was like, Oh my gosh, like look what it like stuff that it, it pulled just random videos from my entire library that I hadn't even looked at in a while. And it put together in this sweet little uh, video about two minutes long with music behind it. And man, I tell you, super cool. It, my biggest gripe against iPhoto or not iPhoto anymore, it's photos on the Mac is that photos, you know, Apple's all about security. So they do all of their analysis and everything on the actual device. So when I fire up my computer, like half of the CPU is going towards photos to analyze these photos, do all the facial recognition. I don't know why they're not doing that in the cloud. Google just, is, it's like magic. Like I don't even have anything that runs Google great. Photos locally. It just uploads these overnight. I, I have not opened the app unless I'm looking at one of the alerts they've sent me. They send you this alert saying, hey, assistant created this for you. I open up like that was super Super cool. If you don't have it and you're, especially if you're an iOS person and you've been using photos, uh, photos is cool. It does some great automatic videos for you. I think Google's got it just blown out of the park. Yeah. No, it's super good. I think I'm paying a buck 99 a month. And I'm, yeah, I just did the, I just did the loss or the, uh, yeah. the compressed version, which like you said, I can't notice a difference yeah. and I have photos on the Mac side and iCloud doing the actual backup of the lossless version. The point of all of this, though, Mike, is that you have to check and double check 
and verify before you delete. It's just, oh, totally. my account, I've gotten so burned. And every time I have to do the walk of shame, you know, to Sarah, I'm like, oh, I lost some data. You know, I could just hear her going like, aren't you the backup data guy? Didn't you podcast about backup for like a hundred years? And uh, it's always because I did something in a hurry or I did something stupid. Um, so just double check your stuff. You think on these backups before you delete, just double and triple check. Make sure you can get to it. Make sure it's the right file and make sure you've moved the right stuff over. Um, it's, it's super important that you get that done. Mike, speaking of getting things done, the watch is coming in. Nathaniel, you know, I got this Apple watch coming here in the next seven days. Nathaniel, like, uh, like he knew that posted this in the Facebook group. He says, wondering what app might connect fitness data from the new Apple watch to Fitbit. We've talked about this. Uh, you, you probably have the best handle on this. What, what am I going to need to do? Are we sure it works? How do we do this? Uh, two different apps. So Schoonover, actually, and I had pulled the wrong ones. When we replied to this, I thought I had the original app. When we were talking about this live in the show, Kevin Schoonover did some Google Foo, and he pulled an app for us. And I thought I had the right one. He actually posted his solution on the Facebook feed, which is Sync Solver. So Sync Solver, that will do one. Based on the reviews, I found another one called Health App to Fitbit Sync. So the name says it all. It takes your health app and it sends it over to Fitbit. So for you, Jim, if you want to stay involved with your Fitbit community, I think either of these apps will work based on the reviews. I did my research. I think Health App to Fitbit Sync might work a little bit better. There is a cost to it. I think it's a 5 or $6 app, but again, one-time charge, $5, 6 bucks, and then forever you'll be able to, to sync stuff over. So I don't think that's too big of an issue. And then they also have the reverse. So if you are someone who wants to get your Fitbit in the health app. I don't know why they have that app, to be honest, because I think Fitbit already does that. I thought it published your data. If you sync your Fitbit to your phone, I thought it, it then pulled that data into HealthKit. So I'm, I'm always a little confused about the reverse side. But yeah, this one will send your health app data to the Fitbit. I'm probably going to double monitor for a while before I give this thing away. This is a Fitbit Alto. Uh, oh, my voice is... Sorry, I apologize for my voice. It's still a little scratchy, but this is a Fitbit Alta. There we go. And um, I'm probably going to wear both just for a while until I get the 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 Apple Watch completely cut over and I got the stats. I'm in the Fitbit community. I'm doing those kinds of things. That Fitbit community has been the best part of the watch. Um, I mean, the watch is okay, but the community is great. And it has inspired me to do more by being in the community. So, Yeah, um, and I think you'll find too. Uh, so wear both and then cut out your Alta and then use this app to sync over and see kind of if it works but still have your Alta that you could go back to. And then you'll find another community of people with Apple Watches, the built-in integration with the Apple Watch with competitions that like you and I can do. So as soon as this comes in, Jim, we can add each other. The competitions and the alerts you get, it's very um, immersive and deeply built into the OS, which is super cool. And I think you'll start to see that you kind of get the, the benefits of both worlds. You'll have your data going over to Fitbit for that community. You'll also have a whole new community opened up to you of people who have Apple Watches, uh, people like me who, who you can compete with and, and track. Yeah. No, excited to get into it and uh, something new. It'll be kind of fun in the new year, hopefully. You have been thinking, you, the listener, have been thinking about some healthy ways. I just have, Mike, listen, I have really enjoyed December. Like, well, let's just be honest. I've enjoyed the last half of the year. <laughs> like, it's been really great. I was looking at myself the other day and I was like, oh, God. Like, okay, Jim. Like, I know 
you got super fit in the first half of the year. And I did from January through May of last year, I got super fit. I ran a half marathon. I did 500 pushups. I bike, I did a 50 mile bike ride, man, since June, yikes. Like it's all the worst of being 50. So I'm saying that not to get pity. It's my own fault. Uh, it's time to get fit. I, I need a little less, a little, little more fitness and a little less fatness is what I'm shooting for in 2019. And, uh, of course I know these watches motivate me. We've done those things before and uh, my stats are always better. My health is always better when I'm tracking it and measuring it. And so if you're in that situation and you need something to get that done, um, man, during the holidays, Fitbit was running just all kinds of deals for $90 off. I saw in, in one case, um, get, try and get your hand on one of these and I'm going to pass this down to the kids. Some, one of the kids is going to get it if they want it. My kids are kind of whatever. That's what I've been excited for you to get an Apple watch for Jim is I've been this. Well, so I got super fit between June and the start of November, the last month and a half. I've been starting to slip a little bit actually for Christmas. One of my other gifts was, um, a month more to my gym, right? Cause I thought, you know, our kids are starting daycare. I was actually going to switch to doing more home stuff, not pay for the gym. So I got one more month. So I was like, you know, when Jim gets this Apple watch, cause I get the same way. I get really competitive. And so if we have the Apple Watch, we're able to compete. That'll actually get me to the gym in the morning. Uh, it, it'll be a good little thing. So I've been excited for you to get that watch. Yeah. No, it'll be fun. Uh, compare the data on it as well. Totally. So, yeah, that'll be interesting to see the accuracy between the two and which one you think is more accurate. Listen, I, <clears throat> this Fitbit is not the gospel. Like, you can fake out the steps all the time. I've been literally sitting here, and I've had it. I've achieved goals while I'm sitting here. You know, you achieved your goal. I'm like, well, I haven't gotten up in an hour and a half. <laughs> Is that the one with the heart rate monitor? No, no. That's this one just has okay, that. Okay. Yeah. 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 And I'm looking forward to amping it up a little bit on that too, where I'm, I'm checking heart rate more and, and some so of those So you pieces. might be, well, but it might be a disappointment though, because you might be lower than what the Fitbit says, right? I hope because so. Because it's more accurate because it'll yeah. say, because what it does is it says, okay, I'm sensing movement, but your heart rate's not going up at all. You're probably not doing any more movement yeah. than you were two seconds ago. Yeah. No, I'm hoping, Mike, that I'm sure this Fitbit has not been accurate. Like, I'm, I'm, and it's good. Like, it's good. It's got me moving. I up the steps a little bit, knowing that, you know, I went from ten to twelve thousand. But yeah, um, there's just some more tracking I want to do. So I'm pretty excited about it. Um, Mike, uh, during the holidays, Ernesto in our in the Facebook group also said, you know, I mentioned backups. I mentioned antivirus. Might be a good time to check your passwords. Too. And Ernesto is a reminder that if you're a LastPass user or whatever service that you're using, hopefully they provide this. LastPass provides that security check. You can go out and run it. It will tell you any email addresses that you have that have been compromised. It'll tell you passwords that are not strong enough, and it'll tell you passwords you've used multiple times. This might be a good time to check those out while you're sitting around doing nothing. <laughs> And the last oh, thing we were waiting <laughs> for on some of these, because I totally agree. And I did this check last year and it was like, hey, all your passwords, you use the same ones over and over. I was like, yeah, I do. But the problem is I got to log on to this stuff on mobile. Well, if you're an Android, you've been blessed. You've had this option. On iOS now, if you're an iPhone user like you and I, Jim, we now have LastPass integration into like almost the native Face ID yeah. system. Yeah. So there's no reason really you should be using your standard passwords anymore because it should be anywhere you are logging in. 
you should be using a super secure long password that you don't even have memorized because uh, it, it it's everywhere. The convenience factor has gone down to essentially zero. It's convenient everywhere as long as you have LastPass installed. So there's really no reason anymore to not have it. My excuse was always that on mobile, I can't, well, I, then I got to open the app, copy the password, open the other app back up. And now it's just, it's in there. It's built in. It's part of the features of Face ID. So there's no reason now to not have that. So whether it's LastPass or whatever you're using, RoboForm or KeyOne or w- whatever that is, it's time to check your passwords a little bit. It might be time to change your master password if you haven't done that in a while. Uh, um, LastPass keeps reminding me, hey, been a while since you've uh, changed your master password. And so I might want to do that. One uh, password uh, is another one of those that's out there. I don't care what you use, just to be honest. Now that LastPass doesn't sponsor us anymore, screw them. No, I'm just kidding. They're actually not great. But um, it's uh, whatever you're using, get out there and get some, do the right thing. I mean, it it's not, doesn't do you any good if you have the best antivirus or you have the best backup software or you have the best password manager and you're not doing anything with it. Don't act like me. Actually do something with it. <laughs> get in there and get that, uh, get that stuff updated. It's a good time to, uh, to get it done. Uh, no matter what you're doing. Mike, I got this new, we teased this a few minutes ago. I've got this new Xbox coming and I was, you said I may not have to learn the controller. Tell me more about that. Yeah, true. So Microsoft announced a while ago that what they're going to, what they wanted to do was to integrate keyboard and mouse input into the Xbox. I think this came from requests from the community. The community says, Hey, I've got essentially um, the power of a, a mid to low range gaming PC over here in a console that I just paid for. Some of us don't then have a gaming PC. So Jim, this is the perfect scenario for someone like me. I have a mid, you know, I have an iMac. I have things that are great for video production, but as far as actual gaming, no. And I, I'm not about to go out and spend another thousand dollars on a gaming PC when I have this console sitting right next to me. The problem is, is that, you know, obviously everyone knows that keyboard and mouse input is so much more accurate and it's a better experience than a controller. So we've been stuck on console with these controllers. Uh, And honestly, I've just gotten used to it because I've never been a PC gamer because I've never had hardware that is capable of doing PC games. So when Microsoft finally said, okay, we will give you that that ability. So now you can game with the keyboard and mouse on the console. But they were really smart about this because... If you think about it, Jim, you're playing Fortnite on the console. The majority of players at the beginning are playing on with a controller, and some people are playing with a keyboard and PC. Well, it puts those people with the controller at a huge disadvantage. I mean, especially, uh, I'm using Fortnite as, as an example, because if you've played Fortnite before, the controls are very complex, and the more keys you have, the better off you are to build, shoot, and everything like that. So people with keyboards, um, I mean, there's just people on console, honestly, with a controller, stand no chance. It's, it's, it's honestly that simple. You could put uh, the best player in the world that uses a keyboard, give him a controller, and he will and he, he'll get killed every time. So what they've done is they've kind of gone out to the developers, and they've really left it up to developers to say, okay, integrate this as you think is best fit for your games. And they've started off with segregation where, okay, if you're playing with a keyboard mouse, that's fantastic, but we're going to put you with the PC users or put you in a different category, right? So I will, if I'm playing with a keyboard mouse, I won't be playing with people with a controller, which is great, but it still gives you that option 
to play with the keyboard and mouse. But Fortnite was one who really took off. So they've left it up to the developers. So this is not just an out-of-the-box, hey, plug a keyboard and mouse into your Xbox and play any game you want. The developers really have to get on board. And they're really starting to become smart with how they integrate the keyboard and mouse. But I really like this because I'm the type of person that, Jim, I have an Xbox sitting right here. I have my keyboard for my computer. I could easily just swap the USB over play and i have a decent graphics i have essentially a gaming pc sitting right next to me playing the same game so i'm really excited about this It's something i want to get more into keyboard and mouse gaming it is better from from my limited experience uh but it really shook up the world of console because now you've got truly console players who want to stick to a controller and never switch uh, and there is something to be said for that. There's a lot of, you know, I, I call them couch gamers, which is what I usually am. Just sit on the couch, grab a controller, play. I'm not super competitive. I want to be playing against guys that are still using controllers and can't, you know, don't have an unfair advantage. So it's kind of created this kind of segregation, but it's a very interesting story to follow where are we going to see the console become more of a gaming PC? Uh, essentially a very cheap low-end gaming PC. You start to look at, will this cannibalize any of the lower-end gaming PC market? Because were people buying those strictly to play games on and do nothing else? Well, hey, well, I could buy what you just did, Jim. You bought a $200 device that has a lot of... all. It's it's, it's almost like a uh, an ASIC for mining. It does one thing, and it does it really well. It does gaming, it does graphic stuff, and it does it really well. No, I can't load up Word and do a document on it because it's just not what it's intended for, but it can do gaming pretty well. Uh, it's just a very interesting story to me, and I think it'll be interesting to see in the next six months where we see developers go with this. I think they'll test it out. I think we'll see Fortnite, obviously, was the first one to adopt it. Um full steam i mean when you use a keyboard and mouse on the xbox with fortnite you pretty much are playing the pc experience and uh and we'll see where they go with it and we'll see what the reaction is from the from the console community cool well look forward to getting it this week actually it'll be next week so by the time we come back around to the show next week i'll probably have it in and have uh i'll still be downloading the updates <laughs> at this point to it to get it to rolling, Mike. One more thing you've been uh, you've been hinting about this in the show. Uh, we've talked a lot about PS Sense, but you also went out with Untangle. Uh, talk a little bit about what you've been doing. So yeah, recently I switched over from PF Sense to Untangle, and I'll, I'll kind of keep it simple here. I won't go into too much detail because I know that Untangle has been around for a while. And Untangle really is more of a UTM, which is a unified threat management device. And the thing I love about Untangle, and I will say this up, uh, up front, is the real benefit of Untangle, you really only get if you pay the subscription, which is $50 a year. So what you're paying for with Untangle is essentially um, you can use it as a firewall and router, or you could use it as an intermediary device, essentially between your router and your switch to your home network. And what this is going to do is this is essentially unified threat management. So when you look at filtering your network traffic, if if you think of saying, hey, I don't want people in my home network to be able to access pornography, VPNs, whatever category you can think of, um, this device does a great job of enabling that and making it so dead simple for the user. They are an enterprise product. They've recently given their... Um, uh, access to a home license, which is what I did, which is the $50 a year license. So they're actually, they went the reverse. They started an enterprise and went back, but their whole model from the beginning, I think when I look at PF Sense versus Untangle, Untangle is just out of the box, dead simple to use. 
It's got all the threat management in it. When you open up PFSense, you need to go install some plugins for for filtering and things like that. You uh, untangle, you fire it up, you turn on the apps you want, uh, intrusion prevention detection. So if you have someone that's gotten on the inside and is sending data back out, your intrusion prevention detection app will detect that and let you know. Your web filtering, like I said, selecting the categories, your blocking of certain uh, malware is done at the network level now. So all of this, the what you're paying for the $50 is all those algorithms and lists that are updated on a daily basis to say, hey, these websites are sending out malware. This is what a typical signature looks like that we would say is malware, things like that. So what you're paying for is access to those up-to-date lists. Jim, I, I put it on and to be honest, I was shocked. I was looking at the stats and everything. First of all, Unlike PFSense, you get you get a low number of false positives if you use the default um, settings from everything. And the amount of... I had one device that was apparently constantly trying to connect to this website that was known for malware distribution. Uh, and sure enough, there was like uh, this rogue app on one... Actually, my device that runs all my security cameras. I had event, apparently had something that got downloaded to that as an extension uh, and... And, and it was nefarious, I guess. I mean, maybe not super nefarious, but nefarious enough that you don't want it on your network. So I have loved, loved Untangled. The other reason I love it is because the reporting on it is fantastic. The dashboard, when you log into your router, the amount of information that you have at a glance is, to me, what I'm looking for in a router is I want the reporting to be fantastic. I want to know what all of my, my devices are doing, what protocols are being used the most, what kind of content is being downloaded the most, that's the kind of stuff I want. Um, Untangle is not going to have the powerful features of routing and things like that that PFSense does, but it has enough. It does VLANs, it does DHCP, DNS. It does all of the main features that most home and corporate uh, environments are going to need. PFSense might offer you something that you can't find here, but man, when I switch over to Untangle... The dashboard for a home user is really what did it for me. So I've been super happy with my switch over to Untangle. And I think, you know, I I did it for a while. I did it for a week on a separate box. So I ran it. I didn't delete the old box. Uh, but about two weeks ago, I completely wiped the PFSense. Uh, it was a Dell R210 V2 box and put Untangle on it. So I no longer have a PFSense box in the house as backup. I went full into Untangle. And, you know, I could I could go into some screen sharing here, but I think if you guys just Google Untangle, you guys can see the type of reporting you get from your dashboard. Um, I'll pop it up here for just like one second, just so people who are watching live can see. Uh, let's go application. Here we go. I don't think I'm sharing anything here. I don't think it shows actual IP addresses. So, so this is the dashboard. So think of logging into PFSense, but this instead is the homepage for Untangle. So you see your overall network usage here for all my VLANs, what type of network's being used, interface usage, top host names. So, okay, so which devices in my home are using the most data right now? And you can change these filters up top. So this is in the last day. Um, categories, so what type of categories are we looking at? As far as like online shopping, content services, alert alert events. So here's what we're talking about where I had apparently one device that was trying to constantly reach a website and that was actually tonight. So I should probably look in to see. So my web filter, I'm pretty restrictive on my web filter. It blocks a lot of stuff. So I can go in there and see exactly, I can go to my reports and see exactly what it was blocking for me and see if that's a, a good block or not. 
Um, just a ton of good information. And this is just the dashboard. You can dive deep into these reports and get extremely detailed information. And when you go to your apps, this is what I'm talking about, how simple it is to go to. So here's the apps that come on it. And again, these are not third party. These are all untangled. You actually can't install third party apps. But real quick, I'll just show you, for example, let's go to web filter and we'll go to categories. So here's the categories it, it gives you. For some reason, let's say I want to, uh, I want to at least flag all the content that's related to alcohol. So when my kid is 16 and he's searching alcohol, I'm like, oh man, he can't be searching Jim Beam. It would flag it for me, tell me which exact devices we're searching or trying to access sites related to this. The categories, you can just go down and select. I mean, just they get very specific and you can either block it or flag it. Um, so all sorts of stuff just natively built in and the reporting on all of this, again, you can dive just super deep into. So the reporting has been my number one reason for, for liking Untangle. Super happy with the switch. And I think I'll stick with it for now. And I, I know that I threw this out there. I thought it was something new, Jim. I thought I had discovered something fantastically new. And then everyone's like, well, no, Untangle's been around for a while. And we've talked about it. And I think if you are a home user, now that they have their home license for 50 bucks a month, maybe go give it a shot. Maybe go check it out and see if this type of reporting is what you want more than the PFSense. Uh, everyone used PFSense because it was free, number one, and because it was powerful, number two, it did everything you needed. Untangle. Not free, but powerful, and even more powerful when it comes to reporting. Fifty bucks a year, though, right? Yeah, not bad. No, no you pay. I'm I'm using that Bitdefender box, and I'm paying. Well, what am I paying for that thing? I'll probably pay a hundred bucks a year if I keep using their using their software for yep. it. Yep, and see, what, so it's the same sort of thing as Bitdefender box, where you're preventing those malware and everything at the network level, but you're also able to install this on whatever hardware you want. And I'll be honest, this looks way cooler than the Bitdefender reports. They're not very good. Does it really? It does its job, though. It blocks malware. It stops people from going to sites they shouldn't be going to. I mean, it does all the things it's supposed to be doing. What kind of hardware are you running that on, Mike? Uh, a Dell R2, R210 V2. So okay. it's a little server, a little, little server. But this thing can run on pretty much any software, that any hardware that you are running PFSense on, Untangle will run on just fine. I do notice if you want intrusion prevention detection, uh, make sure you have enough RAM. So I'm constantly running at about three gigs used of my eight gigs. When I turn off intrusion prevention detection, it goes pretty, it goes down quite a bit. Uh, so make sure you have at least, I would say four gig of RAM uh, to be safe, to have all the features, just full throttle, give it to me baby style router <laughs> is what I call it. Um, and uh, yeah, been super reliable, rock solid, uh, the other cool things that Jim, you and I were talking about is it does, you can add in the VPN. And again, the thing I love about this is it's not third party Google, what app I need. It's going here. Oh, Hey, do I have a VPN service like PIA or NordVPN? Yes. Okay. Here, turn on this app, plug in your credentials. It was as simple as plugging in my credentials to PIA. Okay. Now what traffic do you want to send over the VPN? Well, and you can add any sort of rules you want. I said any host, any computer that I tag as tunnel. So I go to my hosts, I say, uh, these computers, let's have all of their traffic filter through VPN. Done. You don't need to run an app on the computer from a network level, you know you're covered. Or hey, my guest network, I don't really you know, I don't know what my guests are doing when they're here. Maybe it's nefarious. Maybe I don't want people tracking in my house based on what my guests are doing. Just 
as with one click, Jim, filter all of your guest traffic through your VPN. It's the thing I've loved about it. It's just easy. It's plug and play. does exactly what you want it to do and super powerful. Cool. Uh, maybe worth a second look if you were one of those. Definitely folks worth a second that, look, yeah. yeah. If you used it a while back or haven't used it in a while, might be worth uh, taking a look at it. It looks like it'll... Uh, Brian says he'd run it. He ran it on his Atom D525. I had one of those as well. It just died. So it's gone. But um, yeah, that, that should that should probably work. You can get a low power if you want to get it done. I'd get low power, lots of RAM is kind of what I'd get for those. They yep. I, those tend, those things tend to be a little RAM hungry. They so. are RAM hungry. This thing, so uh, it has a Xeon E3-1220 cool. in it. I mean, it barely even gets to 1% yeah, usage. You you've You've... Too much CPU. It's very too much CPU. Yeah, yeah too it's much. way too much CPU, but uh, and way too much power. To be honest, it pulls. I think about forty watts um, hey, in energy. Fifty bucks a, a year, right, for that service? Fifth, not a month, but a year. Sorry, right? a year. Yes, if I said month, or I meant year. Yeah. No, the, the chat room is correcting you. They do listen, which is kind of scary, Mike. They do listen to it. They us. do. I know. Yeah. I know. But Kevin said the UTM functions of Untangle are well worth the fifty. Exactly. If all the filtering and everything it does, you'll be surprised what it starts to pick up on and uh, a well worth the $50. When you start to put, you still need endpoint malware detection, right? Like this is not going to replace it, but it does a pretty good job. You could almost, if you were super lazy and you want to just not follow our advice, you could have this be your malware detection and prevention um, for your network if you didn't want to do it on an endpoint level. Still run endpoint uh, detection and and removal. But yeah, uh, if you had this, you wouldn't need it as much. You could worry a little bit less that your network, your your firewall is doing a little bit better job of blocking those downloads. For adults, you might even get away with uh, Defender, just to be honest. Windows Defender yeah. is good enough for most people. Yep, exactly. Point. So if it's light usage or you're not worried about it, just go and you got Windows 10, just run. You could you could probably get away with Defender if you want a little more. You could uh, go to that Fry's link. That'll be in the, it's over in the Facebook group. Uh, maybe I'll throw it in the uh, in you. There's you get all kinds of AV. Whatever your, whatever your favorite. God, this anytime I mention this, Mike, it starts a you know jihad, a war <laughs> over AV. Um, whatever you like. Okay, not going to judge you on your antivirus. Uh, that would be fine. So good. Well, Mike, anything else? The, the one thing I'll mention: um, if you are coming over from PF Sense. There is no easy way to get your configuration over. All I wanted to do was to get to my DHCP reservations to come over. And there's just no way to export from PFSense, at least that I found. And if you find one, please send it to me because I looked, I scoured the web. Uh, there's no easy way to get those settings from PFSense or really any other router into here. So be prepared to sit down for 30 minutes however many DHCP reservations you have and start copying, pasting Mac addresses and reservations into the new DHCP thing. And it does run a little bit differently than PFSense when you think about that. So there's a few changes, but it does everything great. Does all my VLANs like you guys saw when I shared with you, I have uh, one, two, three, four VLANs that I run. Does all the routing great, but just be prepared. There's no easy migration. This is a half a day uh, project to get everything switched over. And then, and then the testing and seeing if it works for you. Sweet. Yep. Sweet. Well, there we're at. We're an hour and an hour. We are at an hour and a half. There you go. I told you. I told you to go this long. This is just what we do. Thanks for hanging out this long. If you made it this far, you know what? There's like guys in the chat that have made it this far and they're listening live. 
one, we'd love to have you join us live. Two, if you can't, thanks for listening to the podcast version of it. Um, we're gonna do uh we're gonna do a post show crypto. This may be the week where we talk about crypto without talking about crypto. So if you it, it's gonna relate to some other things, some other server things. We're gonna talk a little bit about drive pool, stable bit drive pool and such. You might want to head over there. Head over to Patreon, uh, the average guy.tv slash Patreon. And you can they're free. You can just listen to them if you want to subscribe. Support the show while you're over there. You can do that just as well. But uh, that'll be in the post show here in just a few minutes. Let me kind of bring this thing in for a landing. Just a couple of reminders. One, if you want to email me, uh, if you got information you want to send in, comments about the show, whatever, uh, send me an email. Jim at theaverageguy.tv will get you there. Um, I mentioned the Patreon link. If you want to go out there, theaverageguy.tv slash support will get you there as well. Um, we would love to, I don't know why I have the email in here twice. I'm going to need to change that. Track me down on Twitter and holy cow, Twitter was super active during the show tonight. You want to find me on Twitter at Jack at Jay Collison, having trouble talking to Mike. And I haven't even had, like, I've been slowly drinking. It's not beer related. I think it's the cold meds. I'm not going to lie. has to be. They are kind of knocking me out. I took a few before we got started trying to knock down this, uh, sinus stuff that I got going on and it's crushing me right now. And then, of course, as I'm trying to end things here, my family is blowing up in Facebook Messenger. That is always fun when that happens as well. Don't forget the AverageGuy.tv web and media hosting, both powered by Maple Grove Partners. Get secure, reliable, high-speed hosting from people that you know and you trust. And of course, that's Christian. For more information and for plans that start as little as $10 a month, MapleGrovePartners.com. And I guess I could probably slow down just a smidge. I feel like I'm having to push out every single word right now. I don't know why that is, but maybe it's just a carryover from the uh, from the cold. Don't forget, you can listen to the uh, Home Gadget Geeks. You can listen to us and stream it anytime you want, Android and iPhone. Head out to HomeGadgetGeeks.com. It's there. Then one last reminder, the new swag store will be in effect here. It's not ready just yet, but if you go to theaverageguy.tv slash swag, that's S-W-A-G, swag, that'll be where Addy's going to do some, we're going to do some long sleeve shirts. We're going to do some hoodies. A coffee mug might even show up. She's working on the 2019 logo. And when that's available, it's going to go to theaverageguy.tv slash swag. You might just want to bookmark that right now. Get it done. And uh, and we'd love to have you um, do that as well. We are live every Thursday, 8 p.m. Central, 9 Eastern, out here at theaverageguy.tv slash live. If you're super hungry, I can still get you a code for HelloFresh. Love to have you come out and join me out there. I skipped this week, Mike. We had family in town. It was Christmas. Didn't need it. Skip it absolutely no guilt skipping. They don't even send me an email like, hey, are you sure you want to skip? They're like, yes, somebody skipped. Good job. So if you're, I know some of the other ones, Blue Apron, would give you this major guilt trip if you tried to skip on it. And uh, HelloFresh just does not do that at all. So let me know. Send me an e- email, jim at theaverageguy.tv and uh, I'll get you code. We are live every Thursday, 8 p.m. Central, 9 Eastern, out here at TheAverageGuy.tv Live. Stay around for some post-show crypto. And with that, we'll say goodnight, everybody.